Welcome to the National University of Singapore Middle East Institute podcast series, Boots of the Ground, Security in Transition from the Middle East and Beyond. In this series, we look at the future of warfare, which will see uniformed soldiers or boots on the ground being replaced by private military companies, autonomous weapon system, and cyber weapons. My name is Alessandro Arduino, and I'm very glad to have with us today, Professor Zhou Zhanghui, Director of OSS, Overseas Safety and Security Program at NTSPD Zhejiang University. Professor Zhou is also observer and CSO member at the International Code of Conduct of Association, ICOCA. And today we will talk about walking on thin ice, the Chinese private security sector in high complex environment. Thank you very much for joining us today, Zhang Kui. Thank you so much, Professor. Pleasure indeed. So to start off our discussion, can you just give to our listener a quick uh, overview of Chinese private security sector since 2015. At the time, I recall that President Xi Jinping himself called for an improvement in the protection of overseas Chinese. So if we look at this evolution, what are the main trends and drivers that motivate the Chinese private security sector to go out defending the Belt and Road Initiative? The floor is yours. Okay, thank you for your question. Uh, I think over the past decade, uh, more than 30 Chinese private security services enterprises, I mean the PLCs, have gone global, uh, go out, and uh, gradually played a role in safeguarding the China's overseas interests. Uh, in the current COVID-19 uh, pandemic environment, the PLCs teams in various areas have taken the advantage of frontline manpower to undertake the tasks of security inspection and pandemic in prevention. Overseas security companies uh, are also uh, actively involved in the prevention and uh, control of pandemic situation in the project resident and overseas Chinese uh, and are exploring channels for domestic anti-pandemic materials procurement, logistics, escort, civil assistance, which can further play a key role uh, to host countries in the further similar events. Uh, the diversified relationship between the public security departments, communities and uh, commercial institutions provides professional security services for China's overseas interests. Uh, but I have to say that since the promulgation of the security service industry regulations and norms of the Ministry of Public Security in 2010, uh, the main direction of the domestic regulation and uh, guidance is market-oriented operation and uh, auxiliary force of the social security services. Uh, this positioning, uh, the characteristics of China's private security service industry uh, are as follows. The first one, there's a very huge personnel. At present, there are 5.5 million private security service personnel across China and nearly 10,000 security service companies, PSCs, across China. The second service price uh, in the domestic market is not high, and it is for a labor-intensive and a service with low profit margin. But its advantage is a huge demand for domestic employment. It is an important social employment solution sector. And the third, there is a demand for security service for BRI projects 
and personal, including private marine security, like for Gulf of Aden, uh, Sulu Sea, and uh, land security service overseas in Africa and other complex environments, which were launched after 2015, as you uh, mentioned. From the perspective of the enterprise registration, the legal behavior, it is mainly private enterprises and market-oriented behavior for going overseas. These enterprises, PLCs, are generally different from the machineries or private military companies in Western context. Uh, here I uh, must uh, mention it, uh, that is quite different the Chinese context characteristics of private security service industry. Uh, first one is the Chinese and the Western context of private is quite different. In China, it refers to the social market-oriented security service industry. Actors in the field of market-oriented security service are still divided into state-owned and private. Uh, the second, private security companies mainly undertake the auxiliary social service function uh, for their maybe supporting or help public security department like the Bureau of Public Security. Uh, the third, due to the above factors, the business characteristics of Chinese private security companies are as follows. The first one, the main market is the domestic market inside China. The second, the main business is non-high risk business. High risk tasks inside China are still provided by public security forces like the police. And the third, as for private security company went to overseas, in general, most of Chinese PLCs do not have enough capacity of performing business in overseas high risk or complex environments at current stage. The fourth, uh, Chinese PLCs service is currently performing service for BRI projects and personnel, mainly guarding their camp, the site construction, construction site. The internet as the internal guard of the Chinese industrial park and the project construction camp. This is different from the international private security industry uh, in Western perspective, I think so. Thank you very much. Uh, I mean, my main takeout from uh, your first uh, underline of the evolution of the private security is that uh, COVID-19 opened a new alley for, for mm -hmm. business in mainland China. But as you mentioned correctly, when this kind of business move outside China, we are talking about passive guarding. We are not talking about mercenary. We are not talking mm -hmm. about private military companies. Yeah, yeah. We have been uh, discussing this few months back uh, with a representative with Hua Xinjiang, as well as with uh, Niva Yao, when we talked about maritime security and Chinese private security in Central Asia. Uh, mm -hmm. Looking a little bit at the future, uh, I'm really eager to ask you what you think uh, uh, if there will be, as you mentioned, the 2010 law, uh, a further law for better coordinate how Chinese private security are going to operate outside Chinese border, and if there will be a kind of coordination mechanism between central government, People Liberation Army, or even U.S. peacekeeping mission that are supporting uh, the, from the PSC standpoint the evolution of Chinese uh, uh, investment outside China, especially, uh, you mentioned now, this security is related to uh, environment that are not very risky. 
but uh, BRI is moving in Central and West Africa where environments are quite complex. So in a nutshell, do you see any kind of evolving coordination mechanism? Okay. Uh, thank you so much for your question. Uh, I published some articles and also consulting with uh, some domestic scholars here in China. We have stated that there are some problems in specialization in their expertise at present. In the future, it is mainly, I think, in laws and policies, international standards, talent training, and cooperation methods, uh, overseas direct operation and direct investment, or MA. At present, the development of domestic specialization is gradually promoted according to the market demand. And different market demands and different fees will be charged to gra uh, gradually improve professional ability. Uh, the overseas service is gradually to be strengthened, mainly from the aspects of cooperation mode, talent training, and international standards. So it is urgent to improve the overseas regulatory cooperation mechanism uh, in order to do, uh, promote effective supervision of overseas Chinese PSCs, the services, avoid violating international law and the laws and policies of the host country and have a negative impact on the uh, rights and interests and human rights of the local communities, strengthening international cooperation in overseas supervision uh, for Chinese PLCs uh, is the premise. Uh, we should promote the transformation of the supervision mode of China's overseas PLCs effectively connect with the international multilateral governance uh, supervision mode uh, and carry out active dialogue uh, between China and the United Nations uh, and with the International Committee of Red Cross and the International Code of Conduct for Private Security Service Provider Association and other institutions. Uh, it is suggested to participate in the regulation and the standard improvement mechanism of the International Code of Conduct for, for Security Service Provider uh, Association, ICOCA, for global complex environment security services. So it is also suggested to participate in the dialogue mechanism for the relevant international regulatory governance processes and standard setting uh, of the private security companies, uh, such as the United Nations Working Group on the Use of machineries and the Montreal Rocks Document Forum and the ICOCA, so as to solve the practical dilemma that a single country cannot give a full play to its overseas regulatory effectiveness and participate in global security governance through international regulatory cooperation. I think Chinese, China should do more uh, in the uh, regulatory international cooperation, yes. Yes, I agree with you. That's a very good point. I mean, international regulatory cooperation, especially on the law relating to the expansion of private security sector and how to contain mercenary is extremely important. We had with us uh, uh, Professor Sorka McLeod uh, just a few months ago in our podcast, uh, and I invite our audience to listen to it if they didn't have the chance to, because it's, uh, it's very compelling. But then now I have a question that for me as a researcher uh, on China yeah. private security, 
it's very important. And uh, I always look how uh, the West perceives Chinese private security. But from your own point of view, I'm really eager to know how do you think that the Chinese academia perceive the evolution and the professionalization of the Chinese private security sector? Uh, uh, in my understanding, uh, I think China will not follow the model of Russian security companies or the US security companies uh, because uh, the context of China is quite different from the Western and uh, from the Russian uh, context. And uh, on the whole, China is willing to participate in the international affairs under the multilateral framework of the United Nations and abide by universally recognized international regulations. And China is one of the 17 countries that first initiated and signed the Montreal Rocks document and has always not supported all forms of mercenary behaviors. So in recent years, the Blackwater model of the United States and the Wagner Group model of Russia have been criticized by many parties on many platforms, international platforms, such as the United Nations Mercenary Working Groups and the United Nations Human Rights Council. So I do not think uh, mercenary or the Western style uh, are among the security service op options considered by China. And in a word, China will not follow the Blackwater or Wagner model, uh, but uh, as I know, there's a very large gap uh, you know, between Chinese PLC's capacity compared with the Western uh, companies. Uh, we have uh, the language problems and also like the um, pre-warning analysis and also the risk assessment technology and the system and the capacity. So uh, we need more time, maybe 10, maybe 20 years uh, to learn such kind of you know international regulations, laws, and a lot of training. And uh, as I mentioned, there are only uh, 30, around 30 companies among 10,000 uh, Chinese PSCs going outside. Yes. As you mentioned, the 20 years is quite a long time, and China has already surprised the world to transform its economy in just 30 years. Uh, as a world-leading economy. So I'm sure in the private security sector too, uh, this gap will be closed uh, probably uh, in, uh, in less time and in security way. As you mentioned, the Russian Wagner model, it's uh, even not need to, to discuss about it. Uh, mm -hmm. Also, there are constraints uh, and discussion against the negativity spilling out of the Blackwater model. But if I recall correct, uh, Eric Prince, the founder of Blackwater, founded a joint venture in Hong Kong, FSG. Uh, and uh, this uh, joint venture just recently acquired uh, the Wei company, a leading Chinese security provider. So this is a further step uh, between cooperation between the, the West and particularly the US private security sector and China, or the friction between China and US is going to make more difficult this, uh, this kind of cooperation. As you mentioned, the Chinese security sector is a Chinese security sector with Chinese characteristic. It's related, yes, to the private, but private market with Chinese characteristic. And that's uh, very important. 
looking at this, how you see this kind of East, uh, I mean, Chinese West cooperation? Uh, and if we especially we take out of the table the possible cooperation with Russian private military companies. Uh, yes, there are many uh, such kind of uh, cooperation between China and the Western PLC, uh, particularly at the uh, current stage. Uh, many, I mean, the state-owned companies when they going outside investment in Africa and other in other complex environments, sometimes they must buy such kind of services from the Western PLCs. Uh, they are uh, kind of such kind of a cooperation. Um, discussing uh, uh, the issue of like the pr uh, Prince, uh, the company with Chinese company, uh, more uh, service, they are cooperating, focusing on the, nowadays uh, focusing on the training, uh, capacity building for some, you know, Chinese, uh, I mean, the, um, the practical uh, training base at Beijing and other cities. Uh, for the Chinese PLC, uh, yes. So at present, uh, in the short time, even if it is about 30 years, I mean, uh, the main service objects of the China overseas security services uh, are focusing on the safety and security uh, for the overseas Chinese personnel and the Chinese funded projects. There are still many capacity uh, problems in China's overseas security services. We also welcome the Western company to help us building up the capacity uh, like that, yes. Thank you, that, that's very important to note that there is a lot of scope of cooperation between China, Europe, and even the United States in terms of uh, private security, uh, transfer of best practice and uh, capability. Uh, but now I want to ask you uh, a question that I always ask to our previous guests, uh, continuing the discussion about uh, the, the comparison between Chinese private security to the Western one. And we are currently seeing that many of the Western private security are moving away from uh, the traditional boots on the ground, let's say being a blunt instrument of force to instead develop a more niche market uh, and precisely uh, looking at high-tech security solution. In your opinion, do you see the Chinese private security going along to the same road by really learning uh, to rely more heavily on emerging technology, let's say from the field of cybersecurity, surveillance, uh, and even drones? Mm -hmm. uh, yes, I think the pandemic has accelerated the application of the uh, new technology, including the digital security technology in the field of the security service, especially in the relatively high risk complex environments uh, of the overseas security. Drones, face recognition, video surveillance, cyber attack, and the defense, and other technologies have been rapidly applied to the security service, which poses new challenges to the international security industry. Uh, the challenge of new technology to international security industry has attracted the attention of major international regulators. Uh, so in November 2019, I think at a sixth annual meeting, I mean AGA of the ICOCA, uh, 
representative from the United Nations Working Group on, on the U use of the machineries under the uh, UNHRC, ICOC, and other institutions. We discussed about uh, the future security trends, held intense discussions on the threat of the artificial intelligence and the scientific and technological development to the security field. Uh, and in December 2020, I was also invited to participate in the special expert consulting meeting of the United Nations Working Group on the Use of Machineries to discuss new security technology and cybersecurity monitoring. Uh, so the work group confirmed in its latest report on the forms, trends, and manifestations of machineries and their related activities submitted to the United Nations General Assembly. Uh, that document number is A775259. Cyber machineries have the same compact capacity as traditional machineries. Therefore, private security enterprises can benefit from the development, maintenance, and operation of the new technology used in hostilities such as drones, surveillance equipment, and technological uh, attacks, and can develop new combat methods, including the use of cyber attack systems. Uh, but we must be very cautious about violating the human rights. More and more international security companies uh, will use new technology and cyber technology to carry out services. Since China's domestic market, uh, security companies have been providing more and more professional security services based on new technology. I mean, inside China. However, I believe that Chinese security enterprises, PSCs, will use technology cautiously in their going out of service because they should comply with the host country's specifications for the application of new technology and data collection and disposal, as well as the requirement for personal data protection and the privacy protection. Chinese technological products, including security robots, monitoring equipment, drones, et cetera, will be more sold to the international market. But the buyers are, most of them, not the Chinese buyers, the host countries, the governments, and the international commercial institutions. The new trend may be to gradually drive overseas security sporting services through the market advantages of technological security products and become a comprehensive service provider of the whole product chain. At present, Chinese PLCs going global attach great importance to the international compliance requirements, especially the requirements for new technology application and the data privacy protection. So in the past two years, China has promulgated regulations such as the cybersecurity law and the personal, I mean, individual data protection law, uh, which also require enterprises to comply with the corresponding legal provisions, whether operating at home or abroad. I have investigated the situation of Chinese security technology enterprises in Africa. They are mainly technology, technology manufacturers in China and the seller or engineering contractors abroad. 
uh, of course, not only Chinese enterprises, but also enterprises from all over the world should abide by the international regulatory uh, documents uh, stipulated uh, by the UN and other international uh, communities. Yes. Thank you very much, Zhang Kui. You, you made a very compelling call uh, in linking uh, human rights uh, with the protection of data. And uh, I know that the uh, United Nations Working Group on Mercer is uh, looking, as we speak, uh, at the problematic with cybersecurity uh, use uh, of cyber warfare tools. Uh, but from our discussion, I do believe that uh, one of the future role for private security that is emerging now, especially in Europe, uh, uh, is border control uh, uh, and processing of migrant data. So how uh, private security use big data, how, as you mentioned, it's very important, crucial point, uh, this data flow between borders. It's very compelling, not only for security economic reason, but for the evolution itself of the entire private security sector. I mean, we could talk hour on this topic, but unfortunately, our time is running out. And I want to ask you the last question that is what we okay. call the million dollar question. And we ask it to all our guests. And the question is, what will the future of security management in a complex environment is going to look like in the coming 30 years, especially from the perspective of the Chinese private security firm that operate along the Belt and Road Initiative? Yeah, uh, I think at present, Chinese PLCs mainly provide services uh, to those overseas projects in by state-owned enterprises and personnel routine security services, such as camp guarding. Uh, there are very few PLCs are competent for professional security services, such as security warning, risk assessment, armed defense, and emergency response uh, compare, compared with the uh, uh, capacity of the Western uh, uh, companies. On the whole, the effective supply of overseas Chinese security enterprises is insufficient, lack of service capacity uh, at present. So laws and policies are the uh, primary barrier for Chinese PLCs to go out. There is a lack of connection between domestic and policies related to China's private security service and international rules. On the one hand, the formulation of laws and policies on the overseas operation of the enterprises lags behind. On the other hand, there is insufficient awareness of internet security service rules and practice. There is a need to learn and be trained on the process of the national regulation on private military and security service. Regulatory documents, such as the Montreal Rocks document, ICOC, and United Nations guiding principles on business and human rights, and the voluntary principles on security and human rights. So 18788 and the ISO 28007 uh, study documents and internationals on the management and the use of weapons by and firearms by security companies. To pro promote the China overseas security industry uh, service, we need to first clarify above international regulation, codes of conduct, and norms and standards, and planning and study in combination with Chinese characteristics and practical needs. 
of the country's overseas interest on the premise of clear rules and international trends of industry. So in the past few years, I uh, also have participated in the translation, uh, preparation, and uh, Chinese version of relevant code documents issued by COCA, uh, participated in the preparation of the first national standard for private uh, service in China and the group standard of the relevant industry associations trained hundreds of security prices in many provinces in China uh, and also carry out hundreds of standard translation capacity building and training practice across uh, my province and other provinces in China. Uh, this is very urgent, I think. Uh, therefore, uh, in the end, I want to conclude Chinese PSCs providing services, BRI, is a small share of the security industry in China as a whole. I think the private security is indispensable to China's security industry, which is in line with the international rules. What need to be cautious and concerned is comply with the above mentioned national norms and uh, industry standards and provide a responsible and a hearty security services. Thank you. Thank you very much, Zhang Hui, for joining us today, uh, especially this uh, hope that you have uh, on having a private security abiding to the rule of law and that call for multilateralism is extremely important. I'd like to thank you again and to thank you, our audience for being with us. And we are looking forward in our next podcast to talk about the increasing role about Russian private military company from Africa to the Middle East. Have a good day to everybody. Okay.